All right. Well, good morning. Um, kind of catch you up if you haven't been here. Um, you, we are jumping in. We are right in the middle of our Promised Land series. And uh, what I want you to hear, if, if this is your first time with us or your first time in a while, this is a great time to be a part of Jinx Church. Uh, we, are, we, we as a staff, as a leadership, are really excited and encouraged about uh, not just the feedback we're getting from this series, from some of the many, many things we have going on here, but just the anticipation and uh, what you guys are telling us that God is doing in your life. And, and so it is a great time to come on board and be a part of what we have going here. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, it's because we're moving. And not, not in a literal physical term, but, but we believe God is moving us. God's moving us in a direction that we've really been on for a while, but it just maybe the movement is more evident. That we're picking up speed, and the momentum is really good, and, and it's exciting to see God do all the amazing things that He is doing. And that's part of what this series is about, because as we've been looking through Exodus and, and at this at the promises that God made his people, we talked about that in Egypt they were defined by things like death and slavery, a sense of hopelessness, and, and really just this overall feeling of, of being forgotten. But through the promises of God, and it's the same promises that you and I have today, is he moves us out of that, and he moves us into a place of family and purpose. And he moves us into a place, as we're going to look at today, of freedom. And, and, of course, through salvation. And so uh, it's, it's interesting to me as we, as we go through these, these things that, that we're walking through this promised land right now, that we're walking through these promises of God, and it's evident in our lives. And so today I want to just camp out a little bit. I want to I spend a little time talking to you about this promise of freedom. Now, this one's been a little harder for me because uh, as, I, as I was preparing and thinking over the last several weeks and months about this particular sermon, it, it really has come from a place of uh, self-reflection, uh, of really searching myself and trying to figure out what is God moving me towards and what is he moving me out of in this season in which I'm trying to draw closer and experience this freedom. And so uh, if it sounds like I'm talking to myself, I am. If it sounds like I'm talking to you, then it just, you should know you're not alone in wherever you're at, okay? So today we're going to talk about, a little bit about freedom. And I want to start with just each one of us asking this question, where am I not free? As you look into your life, as you look into the different relationships and different avenues of your life, where are you not experiencing freedom? Where are you burdened? Where are you shackled? Where are you maybe just overwhelmed? And so what I want to do is I want to unpack this. But before we do, I just want to start with a prayer. And, and as you think about this question, as you wrestle with this throughout the day, this is what our prayer becomes, is asking God to help us. So let's bow as we begin this morning and just ask God to give us freedom. Heavenly Father, there is so much in this life that, that we struggle with. There are so many um, places in which we get overwhelmed, we get distracted. In this moment, in these next few moments, God, would you not allow anything to be a distraction? Nothing external, nothing internal, not even myself, God. Let, let your message, your promise, your plan of freedom be heard to each and every heart here, God. Uh, that it wouldn't be uh, about controlling everything. It wouldn't be about knowing everything. It would just be about being open to the Holy Spirit showing up and showing us where it is 
that we're not free and convicting us and moving us out of that slavery and into a promised land of freedom. So God, today we just ask for that experience of freedom through your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray it all in his name. Amen. So we started several weeks ago with these promises. There's four promises, and they're found in Exodus chapter 6. And it's, it's Moses showing up and, and getting to tell the people about God's plans. Moses showing up and getting to tell the people the promises that God has for them. And it says in verse 6, it says, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the Egyptians. He said, I'll save you, the promise of salvation. And I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you. I will give you a purpose. I will give you direction. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And I will take you as my own people. I will give you family. I will give you presence. And I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. And I will give it to you as your possession. I am the Lord. And these are the promises that God made to the Israelites, but these are the very promises he continues to make to you and I today. They they, they are made uh, for us. Now, for the Israelites, they were about to experience this. They were literally about to walk out of Egypt and walk into a new promised land. But the promise is true for you and I today that God wants to save us, that God wants to free us. He wants to give us purpose and family. It's not just one or this one or that one, but it's all of it. That He is our God. And if you call on Him, if you are a Christian, if you've ever received Christ, then He's promising this to you right now too. That He has amazing things plan for you. And we saw that when we looked at 2 Corinthians 1. It said, listen, no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. That these promises are fulfilled. That God is a promise maker, but God's a promise keeper. That he is going to come through on everything he said he would. That all of the promises God makes us culminate in the experience of our relationship with Christ. One of my favorite parts about, about the woman at the well story that we talked about last week, and it's, it's really a very simple aspect of it, but it's the idea that God met her at the well. That God just showed up where she was. And that's, that's the promise of salvation. It's this idea that God is going to meet you wherever you are. That God shows up in your life, he shows up at your well, and he meets you there. That's a promise he fulfills. That for every one of us who has ever received Christ, at some point God showed up in your life. He met you exactly where you were. And that's the promise of salvation and freedom. Freedom begins the exact same way, right? Because just as salvation is a promise made, not a status earned, so is freedom. Freedom is just a gift. Freedom, like salvation, is just something that God offers to us. We can't earn it. We, We can't do enough to get it. Right? Because the second we forget that, the second we get that backwards, and we think salvation is something to be earned, then we think our freedom is something to be earned. That if I do enough, God will bless me enough. And the more I do right, the more he'll do for me. And that's just not true. That it is a gift given to us, that we can experience the fullness of God's salvation, but we can also experience the fullness of freedom in this life. Freedom this side of heaven. 
that we can experience all that God has because God always meets us there. And the very first gift he gives us is salvation because salvation is where freedom begins. Salvation is the start of a new life that God is giving us, but that new life isn't one where we continue to live shackled and burdened and overwhelmed. It's a life that we live free, free from sin, free from persecution, free from all that. Because otherwise, if we get it all backwards, we miss out on all the other promises. Right? If salvation doesn't start with freedom, then the other promises really don't ever make sense to us. We show, well, what do you... What do you mean, God? What do you mean I can be free? I, I know you've forgiven me my sin, but I'm still... And we sang it just a minute ago. I am who you say I am. I am who God says I am. And God doesn't say that I'm the same yesterday as I am today. He gives me new life. That that receiving of Christ is salvation, but that salvation is freedom. It's freedom from who I once was. It's freedom, it's freedom from what I once had to be. And for me, as, as I read through all this, and uh, if you're ever in my Bible class, you know I love, to, I love to put myself in the story and try and be one of the characters. And, and listen, I think it would be super cool to be Moses, okay? And I don't care if you're young prince of Egypt with a trimmed up beard, Moses, or, right, or your, your, your later in life Charlton Heston Duck Dynasty beard, uh, Moses. But it'd be cool. And think about delivering these promises. You show up and you get to say, hey, God's going to set you free. God's going to save you. God's going to redeem you. God's going to give us a promised land. Can you imagine what it was like to do that? Because you're going to be greeted with all kinds of cheers and excitement and overwhelming. And you're going to kind of be the hero. You're just the messenger, but you get touted as the guy that set them free, right? It didn't quite work that way for Moses, did it? Because see, as I was reading through it over the last few weeks, you read through all those great promises, but then you get to the very next verse. Verse 9, it says, Moses spoke this to the people of Israel. But they did not listen. I'd venture to say they could not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. These are promises. These are guaranteed by God to happen. And yet the Israelites couldn't receive it. The Israelites couldn't even begin to imagine what freedom looked like, what salvation looked like, what a promised land could even begin to be. They had spent so many years in slavery. They had such a broken spirit that they couldn't even imagine what the promises of God were, and so they simply didn't listen. They couldn't receive it. And I got to thinking this week, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's where we end up a lot of times. Maybe that's where you are today. You're in a season of life. You're in a, you're in a circumstance of life in which you are just so burdened. You've lived in the same addiction, in the same mindset. You've lived in the same thought process for so long that you can't imagine there being anything else, so you can't receive the promises of God. Your spirit's broken. And it doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human. And it's part of the process, it's part of our journey with God in which, which he's got to come in and revive our spirit. He's got to come in and piece us back together. 
But you may be in one of those seasons right now where you're struggling to overcome, where you're struggling to, to really see the truth, to see the genuine, to see the real promises of God when he says, hey, I can set you free from that. I can heal you. I can overcome those things you have going on in your life. But if your spirit's broken, it's going to be really hard to receive the promises of God. Um, maybe you've been stuck in, in years and years and years of a certain, of a certain thought pattern. Maybe you've just seen yourself in the same way for so long, or, or you've just been stuck in one broken relationship after the next, after the next. Or maybe it's just some harshness. The harshness of life and family has caused you, it's just broken your spirit. And, and you miss out on these promises of God, promises that are filled with joy, promises that are filled with just a fullness of life, promises of God that are just overflowing in freedom and purpose. And you think to yourself, well, that's good. I know God does all that, but that's for somebody else. And see, that can't be for me because that's not, that's not for me. That's not how my, your spirit's broken. And I think what we do is, is we really become our own worst enemies in this because as we go through this process, we've been a slave to the same thing for so long that we just can't see a way out of it. And part of my process, part of my struggle is, um, in, in my upbringing, I was a church kid, right? I've been in church my whole life. I can't remember ever not going to church. Even when I was at my worst and running as far away from God as I could, I still went to church because I was just ingrained with church. It's just, what you, it's just what you did, right? And as I became a minister and was trying to figure it all out, right, the promise of salvation was easy to me. Because that was something I was taught. That was something I knew over and over and over again. So if all else fails, don't talk about the things you don't know about. Just talk about salvation. And so even in planning this series, it was really easy for me to come up with how I want to talk about salvation. But talk about freedom? It's a little tougher. Because, yeah, freedom will be there and, and, and purpose and family and all that's good. But salvation, right? Because we talk about it like it is the end-all, be-all. Like, it is everything. It is, it is the best of the best. It is the girl you take to the dance. It is all you can be consumed with, right? And don't get me wrong, it is. But there's more to it than that. And we've got we've to be able to focus on that because if, if we stop at salvation, we miss all the other promises, let me illustrate it this way. I, I was thinking about this this weekend, and, uh, and, and football is, it, I, can find, I can find the fit in football every time, right? And so listen, I'm, I'm a Sooner fan, so I'm going to tell you about Norman, but it not just that's just what I know. That's where I go to games. So insert your favorite college football team here, okay? So it would be like this. It would be like if you've never been to a game in Norman, and you asked me what it was going to be like. I said, oh, it's going to be amazing. The palace on the prairie, right? Where you're going to go and you're going to get in. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to park a really long way away from the stadium. And you're going to walk for 40 years and 40, right? no, not quite that bad. Feels like. And, and, and you're going to show up and you're going to stand in line and it's going to be a really long line. Uh, and it's going to be hot, usually early in the season. I mean, really hot, really, really hot. Uh, and if you've got a bag, it better be a clear bag or none of your stuff is ever making it inside. 
got to have the clear bag so they can see it. And then after you wait in line for hours and walk for days and you've got your clear bag, you're going to see the gatekeeper. And it's that 90-year-old lady with the bright yellow jacket that says event staff, and she's going to scan your ticket, right? And you're going to get there, and she's going to go, boop. And it's the best sound in the world because it means you're in, right? And, and so you get there, and you go in the gate, and it's going to be amazing. Have fun. And it would be, see, because that's what we do. It, we try and explain college football to somebody, and all we did was tell them how to get in the gate. We left out the running of the schooner and the chants and the cheers and the celebrations and the pregame with the big flag and the fireworks and the flyover and the football. But for, at church, that's what we've done for so long. We talk all about salvation because salvation's our ticket, Right? Salvation's how we get in, and we tell them all about how to get in the gate, but we don't tell them about the rest of it. And the promise of freedom is the rest of it. The promise of freedom is what happens after, what happens next, what happens when life gets hard. Right? Because salvation is important. Salvation's our ticket. You can't get in without it. God says, listen, I need to save you. That's why he started with salvation. But he also said, once you're in, there's so much more. And I'm going to set you free. And you're not going to be the same after. That it's an experience. It's going in and it's being forever changed, being forever different because of our experience with Christ. That it's not just about getting in the gate. It's about living a life that reflects Him. We can't explain the fullness of the experience and leave everything out except how to get there. It just doesn't work. And so what I want to do with, with the last bit of time we have left is, is, is I want to just talk to you about what freedom looks like, right? Because it's our freedom. It's this, it's this progress into the promised land. It's living in freedom. It's living differently on the other side of salvation. Salvation begins the freedom process, and we live differently because of it. Not because I said so, but because Scripture says so. And so I, would just, I just want to take a couple of minutes as we, as we kind of wrap all this up today, and I want to tell you a little bit about what this promise of freedom looks like in our life. That it's more than just following Jesus up to the gate and getting in, but it's following Him and our lives being forever changed, discovering our purpose, discovering our freedom, discovering our family, and discovering the promises of God. So as I unpack this, as we talk a little bit about this, I just want to ask, I want you to ask that question again, right? Where am I not experiencing freedom? Because what I know to be true is there is a part of this in which we don't even know we're not free yet. I mean, we've kind of figured out how to function in life without it, so we're just going to keep pushing. We're just going to keep moving. Never been there, so I'm not missing anything. And usually it's those areas of life that when we hear about this promise of freedom, we kind of push back a little bit. We say, nah, that's not for me. We're, we're resistant to the idea that Jesus wants to set us free. We're resistant to the idea that the Holy Spirit's going to come in and change us. So in John chapter 8, we see an illustration of this, and it's right after Jesus has, has dealt with the woman caught in adultery, and he draws on the ground, and they have that whole conversation, and people are really beginning to take notice. And Jesus says this, he says, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, 
If you hold to my teachings, if you abide in me, if you follow me, if you experience me, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, not have the truth memorized, not a concept, not something that we can say, there, that right there, that's truth. But it's an experience. It's a learned thing. If we abide with him, if we follow him, if we hold tight to Jesus long enough, we begin to reflect him. And when we reflect him, people look at our lives and they say, there, that's the truth. That's what Jesus looked like. He says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will experience truth, and when you do, it frees you. It frees you because it's no longer just a set of rules to follow, and I have to do this or I have to do that, but it's an experience with Christ that says, I'm free to live like he lived, free from fear, free from anxiety, free from worry, free from stress, free from anger, free from sin that I am free to live like Christ. And that truth of knowing that breeds confidence and sets us free. And then in 2 Corinthians, it says, now the, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if you grew up like me, you just said, all right, hurry up and skip that one and go to the next one because we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Now that may not have been your upbringing, but that was mine. And I spent my whole life just avoiding anything Holy Spirit related because I didn't have any answers. And I sure didn't want somebody to ask me a question about it because I didn't know what it meant. But reading this right here, it says, listen, it says the Lord is described as the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit is, there's freedom. So if you are a Christ follower, if you have received Christ, if you have gained that promise, received that promise of salvation in your life, you've also received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in you is freedom. But are you so broken-spirited you can't see it? And you can't receive it? And you can't live it? Because God says, listen, I've given you my spirit. I've given you a helper. I've given you an advocate. I've given you the power of God, part of the Trinity, living within you so that you can overcome whatever is holding you back, so that you can experience in life the guaranteed promise, the inheritance of salvation and freedom and life. And if you've received that, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you that is the promise of freedom. So then the question comes, and I get it all the time, and I even feel it myself sometimes. Well, I know I'm saved, but I don't feel very free. I don't feel different. And it goes back to our spirit. Have we lived in the same situation, in the same mindset, in the same addiction, in the same broken relationship so long? That we can't even hear the spirit within us crying out, moving us. Why do I still struggle with feeling free? Why do I still struggle with sin? Well, we get the answer in Romans. It says, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. And even, even unchurched people, people that don't attend regularly, would look at this verse and say, no, that's silly. Nobody would think that. But they do. There are Christians that think, hey, experience the promise of salvation. I got in the gate. Not worried about anything else. I don't have to change the way I live. I don't have to do anything else. I'm saved, so I'm good. There were people in Paul's day that believed that. There are people in our day that believe that. 
And if you believe that, it's not because you're following and abiding and holding on to Christ, because Christ doesn't teach that. What Christ teaches is that we are forever changed. That no, we're not under the old law. Yes, we're saved by Christ. But just because you got your ticket doesn't mean your life stops. You get in, you gain the promise of salvation, then you continue to live, you continue to move, you continue to grow and be. By no means. Why? Because when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey. He says, look, God is working mightily on your behalf. He is doing all he can for you to save you, right? He, all you have to do is choose to remain in him, choose to remain free. Because if you're a slave, you're a slave to the one you obey, whether you're a slave to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And this is where I am in my progression. In my walk with Christ, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm going through and trying to realize is, is okay, God has saved me, big miracle. God has set me free, huge miracle, right? That God is continually working mightily on my behalf. Go back to the Exodus. God works in big ways. He covered the land in locusts. He covered the land in frogs, frogs everywhere. All the water turned to blood. Part of the Red Sea, God shows up in big and mighty powerful ways for us, for me, and for you. And it's a miracle. God is a miracle worker. He continues to show up and do. He continues to show up and change. So then my question is, okay, if God saved me, if God set me free, then why do I keep going back? Why do I keep going back to that one sin? Why do I keep going back to that one mindset? Why, why don't I just choose to remain free? Because see, the reality is, we all like to be slaves. Because it's what we know. It's what the Israelites did. You watch the Israelite story, you, you go through Exodus, it's about 40 chapters, you'd have to read a lot, but you can go through it, and you're going to say, hey, they got them out of Egypt, he got them across the Red Sea, he gets them out in the wilderness, he gives them, like he invented DoorDash before DoorDash was a thing, right? He dropped off food every day without fail for 40 years, and they get out there and they look at it and they say, well, be better off as slaves. Are, are you kidding me? But before we get too self-righteous, you and I do the same thing. He saved us. He redeems us. He delivers us. He forgives us. He frees us. And yet, we keep going back. And what God says, what Scripture says, is you've got to choose to remain free. You've got to choose to continue to pursue Him. The, the, the idea of, of we've got to become more comfortable trusting God for our freedom. See, we struggle with that because we don't really know if we want to trust him or not. We're saved, but listen, this is just who I am. I know I'm saved, but, but this is just the way I've always been. I'm just always going to be this way. Oh, well, I know I'm saved. I know God saved me, but listen, this world's messed up, and this is just how it's always going to be. That doesn't fly anymore. Right? That doesn't, if you're saved, if you experience the promise of salvation, you can't say that anymore because you've been set free 
from that old way of thinking. You've been set free from that legacy that was passed down. You've been set free from who you were before you met Christ to who you are now that you've received and accepted Christ. The, the idea of this journey into the promised land, it's not about being perfect because perfection's a myth. It's about progress because it's our progress that shows that we're really trusting God. It's our progress that shows we're stepping in to one promise after another after another. He doesn't want perfect people. He just wants people that are moving in his direction, that are trusting him and trusting his promises. That you can live a life instead of being somebody and something that God never said you would be, you can experience who he made you to be. You can experience what it is he has planned for your life. So let me ask you again, where in your life are you not free? What area of your life are you just overwhelmed? Because the truth is, God, and I said it a couple weeks ago, God didn't just want to get his people out of Egypt. He wanted to get Egypt out of his people. When they left, they didn't take their chains with them. And God doesn't want you moving through life, moving into the promise of freedom, still carrying your chains. He wants you to leave them behind. He wants to free you from everything that's holding you back. They had to wander for 40 years in the desert, not because they were bad at directions, but because they kept going back. They kept going back to their chains. They kept going back saying, hey, we were better off as slaves. We were better off as slaves. God, I don't care what you've done for me today. I was better off as a slave. God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to leave our chains behind. He wants us to have a spirit not that's broken, because a broken spirit convinces us that we'll never, we'll never, there's no way out. We'll never overcome. There's nothing better. One of the most heartbreaking parts of my job is in conversation with folks that have been Christians for 30, 40 years. And they get to a point where, where maybe they respond at the end of a service, or maybe they call me up in the week, and they just reveal some sin, some struggle they've had. They've been, they've been an active, good Christian. Everybody looks at them and says, oh, that's a man, that's a woman of faith right there. But behind closed doors, they're still struggling with the same sin they were struggling with three, four decades ago. Why? Not because they're bad people. Because they don't see a way out. But when we experience the freedom that God gives us, when we embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. See, he didn't say, I'm going to empower my people to save themselves. He said, I'm going to come into you. I'm going to live inside you, and I will set you free. When we allow God to remove our chains, when we experience the promise of freedom, then we get to be better than we ever thought we could be. We get to experience life in ways we never thought we could experience it. We get to stop living in a false captivity that just says, ah, it's not for me. Can't ever get better. Can't ever go do. The promise of God says, I've got more for you. The promise of God says, I will set you free from anything. And you get to enter into a promised land. A land full of blessings you didn't earn. A land full of things that you can't even imagine. That you get to live a life walking with Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, discovering truth, and living in freedom. 
So where are you not free? Is it a sin? Is it that same thought, maybe a thought that was put in your head at 9, 10, 11 years old that's just become a banner for your life? Is it a label somebody's put on you? Is it an emotion, a feeling? What is it for you? Where are you at? What, what is keeping you in bondage, keeping you from experiencing the life that God has for you? He wants to set you free. Because if you never experience freedom, you'll never experience your purpose. And you'll never be able to truly experience the family and the promised land that he has in store for you. So this morning as we close, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand as the worship team comes back up. and They're going to play and sing and you can worship with them or you can respond. You can make today the day that you choose to receive the freedom of Christ. So would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, we just ask you to come. We ask you to come and meet us right where we are. Meet us in our sin. Meet us in our broken mindset. Meet us in, in our worry and our stress, our pain. God, would you just take those chains away? God, would you give freedom today? If you're in the room and, and you're still struggling, or maybe you knew, you knew the first time I asked the question. You knew exactly what was keeping you from being free. There are folks in the back who would love to pray with you, to encourage you, to share their story with you, and help you walk into freedom. God, give us a heart. God, just give us open hands that we would no longer hold on to those things that are keeping us in bondage. God, you would give us freedom and purpose and give us family. And God, we pray it all in your son's name.